Thank you, Claire and Reagan, for giving us that beautiful song. Thank you to the worship team that was with us today and, and singing those beautiful songs. And I don't know about you, but I love Christmas music. I love it on the radio. I love it in the house. I love to get to sing it in church. And I want to give you a, a piece of trivia today. The very first Christmas song ever written was written by Mary, the mother of Jesus. And that's what we want to look at today because it's probably one of the most profound Christmas songs of all time. And it has the power to change our hearts and our lives, not just at Christmas, but really every day of the year. And so I'd like us to look at Luke chapter 1 and not only read the, the story of Mary, but also hear the song of Mary. And I've, I've asked Reagan if she would read this to us. And you may ask, well, why is Reagan reading it? Well, she's a rock star, that's one, and um, she's my niece. But she's also very close to the age Mary would have been when she wrote this song, when the angel came and visited her. And so today, as she reads, listen to the voice of the song, because it was probably a young girl just like Reagan's age, Mary. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called, or so to the child will be born, will be called Holy, the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her own age, and she who has said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. And from now on, all generations will, be, will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm, and he has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but he has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Thank you, Reagan. For Jesus' entrance into humanity... He didn't choose a queen in a palace. He chose a common, young, 
teenage girl. And when Gabriel asked Mary, that was probably very unwelcome news. I mean, Mary was on her way to the best life possible. She had found a man to love her. She was going to have a life and a family with Joseph. And now with this news, everything could change. Joseph could reject her. The town, according to the law, could stone her, kill her, execute her. If they didn't do that, she would definitely be the target of gossip and rumors her entire life. And the baby that she's carrying is the Messiah. He's the king. And so he's going to be a threat to everyone that is in power. And so Mary has to flee for her survival right there from the very beginning. She has to go when the announcement comes to her cousin Elizabeth's house. And then after Jesus is born and she's married to Joseph, they have to run as refugees to Egypt because Herod wants to kill baby Jesus. And so as the Christmas story begins, we see Mary suffering for the Messiah before the Messiah ever suffered for her. And in all of this, she still sang her song. Her song of joy. She magnified the Lord. She knew God to be mighty. So she says, let it be according to your word. She says, behold your servant. She writes the first song. It's called the Magnificat because in Latin that means magnify or we would say glorify the Lord or bless the Lord. And she said, my soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. In Mary's day, the most important man in the entire world was Caesar Augustus. Caesar Augustus was the son, the adopted son of Julius Caesar. And when Julius Caesar died, they called Caesar Augustus the son of God. He brought peace to the Roman Empire, and on the day that he was inaugurated, it was called the Day of Good News. Some people even refer to him as Rome's Savior. And so you have Caesar Augustus called the Son of God, the bringer of peace, the Savior of the world, whose kingdom brings good news. The whole world knows Caesar Augustus, but only Mary knows who her son is. She knows the truth about Jesus, that those titles will someday be for her child. No one else in the world gets it. We sing the song, Mary, Did You Know? I think she did. A young, common, teenage girl. And of all the profound Christmas carols we sing, there is none more powerful than Mary's Magnificat. She would have told Jesus about the angel and the miraculous birth. She would have told that story to little Jesus over and over again. She would share the words of Gabriel that for nothing is impossible with God. And Jesus would live out that statement the rest of his life. Mary would take baby Jesus and sing that song that we just heard Reagan tell us and that she would say these words, the the, the humble will be lifted up. Those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And Jesus would hear this his whole childhood. And then Jesus would begin his ministry with the most compelling speech. He will give the Sermon on the Mount with these words. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are those who mourn. 
Blessed are the meek, because through me the kingdom of God has come to you. Jesus would share, as Mary shared with him, the central characteristic of his teaching that the first will be last and the least will be greatest. And those who give up their life will actually receive the life. Mary would have sung the song that we heard, He has filled the hungry with good things. Imagine how many times Mary would hold Jesus on her knee and say, your heavenly Father has always been faithful. If He ever asks you to do a hard thing, son, remember how your life started. Remember what your mom said when she was scared, young, unmarried. We think about all these things that Mary went through and all the things she taught Jesus. And then you fast forward 33 years, and Jesus is sitting in the Garden of Gethsemane with the shadow of the cross coming upon him. And the Father asks the Son to do a hard thing. Just as Mary was asked to do something difficult, now Jesus is asked to take on the sins of all humanity, your sin and my sin, all sin, to bear that weight so that forgiveness could come. And as Jesus is praying in the garden, He prays this prayer. Not my will, but yours be done. Jesus is very God, very God. But Jesus is also His mother's Son. Her life was a prelude to His life. Because God asks us to do big things. Sometimes God will ask you to do the hard thing. Just like He asked Mary. And life doesn't always go the way we planned. But the best prayer we can pray, and maybe the hardest prayer we can pray, is the prayer that Jesus prayed. Not my will, but yours be done. This Christmas, we remember what Jesus taught us. What he not only learned from the Father, but what he learned from Mary's song. That the first shall be last, and the least shall be greatest, And those who give up their life will receive life. Our lives are not our own. You and I were bought with a price. You were created for a purpose. And you are now called to follow Jesus and take his light to the world. Jesus said about all of you, you are the light of the world. And so generations ago, Mary sang her song, And today, we get to sing ours. No matter what God asks you to do, just do it. Do the hard things. Make your prayer, not my will, but thine be done. And as we do that, we will take Jesus to the world. And as Mary sang the Magnificat many years ago, today we take the light of Christ and we sing to our world that needs it so desperately We sing joy to the world. Because even in the hard things, even in the difficult things, Mary sang a song of worship, a song of joy. That God, no matter what you ask me to do, it'll be good. No matter what it looks like in the world, it's going to be okay. Because Jesus is our Savior. He's the one that brings peace. It is good news of great joy. So joy to the world, the Lord has come. 
Would you stand with me? And as we sing, would you light one another's candles as we share the light of Christ? Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him love. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. Let them their souls implore. and just look at your candle. The light has come in the midst of the darkness. We're about to celebrate Christmas with family and friends. and Perhaps you're heading out to a meal now or to open presents. And this is the season of giving. Everywhere we go, we hear the ringing of the Salvation Army bells and so many people reach into their pockets and they give this year and you will give presents. It's just that time of year to give. But as you look at the light of the candle, remember that God has given us the greatest gift, the gift of his son, the gift of forgiveness, the gift of salvation, a gift that costs Jesus everything. And so today I ask us to pray and I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer after me because sometimes God asks us to do the hard things. But he's looking for obedience. Just like Mary said, I'm, I'm your servant. God, whatever you want, no matter how, how hard, how difficult, no matter if it messes up my plans a little bit, God, I'll follow you because you are the way, the truth, and the life. Today, I'm going to ask you to make that commitment to follow Jesus in the good times and the hard times, all the time, because he is our Savior. He is the one that brings peace. He is the Son of God. He's the one that came and brought light to our darkness. He's the one who loves you very much today. 
So as we hold our candles, we repeat this prayer, a, a prayer of commitment today, a prayer for each one of us. Pray these words, dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I need your forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sins. I want to turn from my sins. I now invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. Let me pray for you this morning. God, thank you for all those that prayed that prayer. You are our King, our Savior. You're the one who came and brought light to our darkness. And Lord, as we hold these candles, may we remember that you have now placed your light inside of us and you've called us to share our light with this dark world. And even though it may be difficult and even though it might mess up our plans a bit, we are your servants. We will follow you because you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Before you blow your candle out, would you just turn your head and, and look around the sanctuary and look at all the lights? Look at all the lights. We're taking our light from this place and bringing it to the world. You're taking your light now and bringing it to your Christmas dinner or when you're open presents. You're going to take it to your workplace and to your school when you head back. And, and so remember that you are the light of Christ. You can blow out your candles. If you want to keep your candle, you can do that, but there's also a, a garbage can just outside the door you can bring, bring it to. We're going to receive the blessing of the Lord. And can I say this this morning? If, if you want to follow Jesus and this is kind of your first step and you're not sure what to do, um, you can come up on each side of the, the altar up here, our, our bags. There's a Bible in there, a book on what it means to follow Jesus. It's our gift to you this Christmas. And just take that with you. And if you have any questions about following Jesus, I'll be down front for a while. But, but definitely take one of those bags as you go today. And I really look forward to next weekend together. That'll be the final uh, weekend, the final Sunday of one year and the beginning of a brand new year. We're going to have communion together. We don't normally do that on the last Sunday of a month, but we're going to do that so that we can end one year with God and start a brand new year with God. And so we're going to do that. But would you receive the blessing of the Lord this Christmas? May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May he show you his favor and give you his peace. God, we thank you for that blessing that you just didn't speak from heaven, but Lord, you actually brought to this earth. And now this blessing will walk with us because God, you walk with us. Jesus, you are Emmanuel. And so Lord, bring your blessing and your protection. Bring your favor and your grace and your peace to our life. And Lord, I pray that we would be closer to you this Christmas than we've ever been before. Jesus, thank you for our time together. Lord, keep us safe and strong until we can gather together again as the church and worship you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. And Merry Christmas.